0: the time is now welcome everybody dr slava here i'm here with a special special guest and uh we're going to talk about a lot of things let me introduce this wonderful person michelle fuller she's a transformational coach and a lifestyle engineer she lives in austin texas from lexington kentucky yeah. and we're gonna find out some things about her and i'm gonna let her take it away because uh, we want to hear what she has to say
1: well thank you it's an honor to be here i really appreciate the opportunity um yeah so my name is michelle fuller my business is one bold mf i have the absolute best initials ever you can take that mf any way that you want with
0: pleasure (laughs) with pleasure in
1: kentucky i grew up in Durham, north carolina and i'm a duke fan Oh my gosh, if you know the rivalry between those two universities, you understand that I am truly the black sheep of my family.
0: <laughs> Wait, so so everybody else is a North Carolina fan?
1: Um, no, I was born in Kentucky, uh-huh. so I was born in Lexington. The University of Kentucky oh, is a right, huge, right, 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 right. huge um, right, right. Um, basketball um, dynasty. I moved to Durham, North Carolina, when I was very young, about eight years old. And I became a Duke fan back in the 90s Duke and Kentucky were in the battle royale for the championship and we made the shot at the buzzer that won that's (laughs) right
0: I think that was the Christian Laidner shot right it was oh yeah that that was the year oh see that must have caused a lot of heartache and uh how long did they stop talking to you for
1: um, you know, they uh, they love to tell me that I have Kentucky blood running through my veins and that uh, I'm definitely the black sheep and, you know, it's just uh, it's a travesty the way that I've turned out, but I've got to be honest with you, I was in high school when they won and I'm not going to apologize for this. I skipped school to All go right. watch them come home, back to Cameron indoor and celebrate with them. That's right.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> they they must have been up in arms. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know what? And it's okay. Sometimes
0: you got to do what you, well, you know what? All the time, you have got to do what
1: you love. <laughs> you, you are a bad MF. I am. I
0: am. <laughs> yes. So one of the first questions, you know, we have some questions for you. We, we want to get to know you a little bit. So, uh, it won't be exactly rapid fire, but you know, we want to get to know you a little bit. So, um, what is the most important thing you've learned in your life?
1: Most important thing, the most important thing that I've learned on my own journey is forgiveness.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, wh- what was your life before you learned forgiveness? I mean, I'm sure you have something that occurred to you where you picked that out. I mean, that's not, you know, always the most common thing, you know, and, right. and, in fact, some people don't even recognize that sometimes. So, you know, what was your life before and after your your realization?
1: Well, I'm going to try to give you the cliff notes version. But it all started in my childhood, uh, particularly in the relationship with my mother. My mother and I had a really toxic relationship. My mom was... Um, you know, very, very outspoken. She was extremely independent. She was all the things that I am, but she used it in a really negative way. We did not get along. And, you know, inside my little family that looked very perfect on the outside, there was a hell of a lot of drama going on. I felt unseen and unheard and really just unloved. I don't remember my mom ever telling me that she loved me. I was especially awkward, I'm a natural introvert, but growing up, I looked like little orphan Annie. I had freckles, I had red hair. I was a really easy target for bullies. It was particularly hard to go to school and it was really hard to live inside my home. We moved to North Carolina when I was eight. We lived there a little less than two years when my parents were in the middle of a divorce. My mom had had an affair with a neighbor And my parents' marriage started crumbling, of course. And then my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer at 32. And then she passed away at 36. I was 14. I never had the chance to heal that relationship with her. I was bitter and resentful. I not only was reeling from losing my mom, but I went off into life, of course, thinking that I was unlovable and Mm -hmm. that I was unworthy. I brought all kinds of relationships to my yard, literally, that were unhealthy. Everyone that came to me mirrored what I thought about myself, right? right? right. Two failed marriages, a lot of failures inside relationships. On my emotional knees at the age of 41, if you can imagine, I'm 47 now, so 41, I hit my really, really low point. I hired a coach. He completely transformed my life, and I realized what had been holding me back. It was my mom. That's where the first heartbreak was. Right. But what I learned on that journey was that forgiveness for her and who she was was going to be essential for me to move on. It was important not only to forgive her but to accept it, right? Those go hand in hand. Can you accept your past and can you forgive your past?
0: Right. So that's that's incredible. And we're we, we are very grateful to you to be vulnerable enough um, and candid enough to, you know, come out with something like that. And for many listeners, you know, that follow me and then we talk to young business people or even older business people, you know, we, we often talk about people being their own, in their own way and mm-hmm. uh, being their own worst enemy. And how mm-hmm. do you overcome that? And it sounds to me like, you know, you figured out what your trigger was. You figured out where your ball and chain was. And once you recognize that with coaching, which I do always talk about how highly uh, incredible that is, that's incredible that you found that part. And from that part, you recognized how your growth was going to be. And it took that forgiveness, you know, To transcend and to move into a different direction, so it sounds like that was holding you back. And you know, for all the listeners out there, it's never too late. Like you know, we're young. I'm 47, also. You know. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you know, it's I hear this all the time, and it's funny. I talk to these 25 year olds like I'm so old now. You know, I'm over. I'm like, relax. Give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah, (laughs) You'll, you'll be just fine. And and by the way, your little breakup you'll be fine, okay? You know, people go through a lot more stuff like marriages and children and this and that and family crises. You know, you're okay. You know, so the world's not coming to an end. And it's incredible that you recognize that and you took it and you moved into the business world, you know, entrepreneurship and all those things by recognizing how family structures were holding you down. So that's, that's awesome of you that, uh, you know, you even recognize that and that you took that and you moved on because it's not easy to forgive. What do you find on a daily basis? Does it come back to you? I know you've worked with a coach. I know you were a bad MF. But, but do you have your moments where you're like, it comes back? Like, do you have like those flashback moments where you feel it pulling you back, as Ryan likes to call it, the forces of average?
1: right this isn't perfection but I really really am so curious about myself I'm so curious about people I'm a why girl I want to know all the whys the thing that I learned on my own journey and this really helped me forgive my mom especially my mom grew up with two parents who were alcoholics Mm -hmm. my grandmother was emotionally abusive she was probably physically abusive my mom was sexually molested by a family member. My mom married my dad when she was 17. Wow. And then she had me, I think, five years later. But this is my point. The relationship that my mom and my grandmother had was toxic as well. Right. And they didn't get along till the very day that my mom passed away. Imagine that. My mom could not have loved me more than she did wow. there was no way for her to do it if she had loved me if she had loved me more than she would have right I feel like by doing the work I'm not only better for her because she passed away when she was 36. let's be honest I didn't start this journey until I was 41 so wow. I have no right to judge this woman who lost her life five years before I was on my own emotional knees trying to figure out what was going on. not only that by me changing, I can be better for myself, of course, but I'm better for everyone else. And I have a daughter, so I'm better for her. And because I'm better for her, she can be better for my grandchildren. That's why this work is so important. We do it for ourselves. We do it for our own betterment. Change is born in pain. Right. Some of us aren't willing to take that journey, but I would much rather take that journey than stay in the pain. But what I was gonna say is, I'm doing this for so many reasons. It started with me, but now it's become impact and it's become so much larger than me because I know how important it is.
0: That's incredible. And it's amazing that you've broken that chain. You know, mm-hmm. you probably don't know this, but most likely your grandmother went through stuff too. Yes. You know, we don't know how many, you know, uh, there's a famous saying in psychology, you know, in the medical world hurt people hurt people. Yes. And we see it often. It's not a myth. It happens every day. And the most horrific things that some people have done to other people have been done to them. So, you know, I commend you on this journey just by breaking the chain. And you could see how your next generation is already different. So, with everybody listening, you can change. And the ripples and the effects that you do now could have impact generation after generation after generation, negatively or positively. The choice is yours. So that's incredible. So what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? If you could go back in a time machine and you could go back and talk to the bad M- F in training at 18, what would you say to her?
1: 18, wow. Um, I want to point out something really important. My mom had a journal that she wrote in before she passed away. And in that journal, she apologized to me. And she told me how sorry she was. She told me that she loved me. And she told me that she would always be with me. Which, by the way, I don't care what religion you are. My mom is always with me. And because I've been available to her, she's always with me now. Yeah. But this is what I want to say. I found that when I was 18 going off to college and do you want to know what I did with it? I threw it back in the box because I was still so mad and I was so unavailable for it. That's why it's so important to do this. And this is why it's so important to be better for your kids. But if I could go back in time, I would tell that 18 year old girl who was shy and who believed that she wasn't unworthy and she was not lovable, that she can do incredible things and that she should follow her dreams and that it's all possible. And the thing that I would probably scream at her is don't settle. Don't settle, don't shrink, don't conform.
0: So that's a good message. I mean, first of all, in any relationship, I mean, you know, not only to your daughter and as your mom was, you know, had her relationship with you, but all interpersonal relationships, marriage, business partners, you know, people settle they okay. that, that's a really good point because people could be so much more and when you have this limited mindset and belief you're not lovable you're not good enough the imposter syndrome what are you doing here why just quit what it's so much easier yet some of us move on and we go past that so it's, it's incredible, I think, uh, you know, your journey and, you know, your advice is probably good in, in many capacities. You know, I know when I was 18, I'm a, I was a completely different person, uh, off the wall, wild, you know, and maybe some of the advice now probably would have helped my 18-year-old self. So if there's any 18-year-olds out there ready to take your journey and you're going through hard stuff, trust me when I tell you you're going to give yourself a lot better advice in the future, and yeah. instead of making those mistakes now, listen to these wise, older people, and uh, maybe <laughs> maybe we could help Make you yourself. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, you look 25 yourself, so yeah. Um, what is one thing in business that you just you didn't expect? Something that is like totally unexpected as you've gone through this? transformation, and journey?
1: Oh, you know, what's really funny about any business is you're always running up against the next version of yourself, aren't you? Of course. And people, unless you're in entrepreneurship, you don't, you have no idea what I'm talking about. No. But everything that you do, um, particularly when you're starting out, is new. And it feels really uncomfortable, you know? And we as humans, our brains, they're, they're wired to keep us comfortable. And it's why so many of us stay there. And as I was starting out, the thing that was really uncomfortable to me was being so bold on social media. I use a lot of strong language and I do it without apology. I have unapologetic audacity at this age for what I do and for what I say. You don't have to like it and you don't have to follow me. This is a really funny story. I started being more and more bold more and more brave on social media really sharing very personal stories. I was worried about what my family was going to think. I was worried about what my friends were going to think and the first hater I had was my dad. Really? Yes. Wow. And this went down. My dad and I love my dad by the way. Very close to my dad. I'm a daddy's girl. My dad is uh, he was really just the foundation for me growing up. With that said, my dad also is very old school, you know, and he sends me this text message, and he goes, I know you're really passionate, but I need you to calm down. You need to stop using such strong language. We come from a line of Southern Baptist people. I'm not religious, but my family is, and you can just imagine. I mean, here I am on social media using really strong language and a lot of F words, frankly. I wanted to shrink. In that moment, I felt like a little girl listening to her dad and trying to earn his love and his respect. And it's so funny how those old stories come up, those old meanings. What does this mean to me? What is this saying about me? And what it meant was I was on the right path. If you're noticing, I'm on the right path because I'm in integrity. I'm doing the thing that I love to do, and it's not harming anyone. I told him, you know what, Daddy? I love you, and I will always, always respect you. But I'm going to keep on sharing my voice. You don't have to follow me and you can unfriend me. This is what I want to say about that too. My dad likes almost every post I make. And he also comments on them and my dad tells me all the time how proud he is of me. Stand in your power. I don't care who doesn't like it. Stand in your power. Do the thing. It's going to feel uncomfortable. You can either lean into the fear or you can lean into uncomfortable and I'm always going to lean into uncomfortable.
0: So, you know, it's interesting how You know you were in a situation you know we all get haters you know you know you're getting somewhere now when uh you know stupid people say stupid things and uh so it's good unfortunately some of your biggest haters are people you can't tell off or smack in the head you know and uh in your situation it was your father but it sounds like sounds like you you did some jedi mind trick stuff and uh, you, you got him you, you got him swayed over like you know, he may not like the language per se, but he likes the message it sounds like. It sounds like the message yeah. is is resonating with him.
1: Yeah, and my dad really appreciates the work that I've done because he's seen this roller coaster that has been my life. you know, 41 years. I spent riding an emotional roller coaster up and down and through the curves and through the tunnels, you know, relationship after relationship falling apart and marriage after marriage. My dad is a champion for me because I I think what he admires because I'm so much like my dad, his girl has some balls. Sounds like and it. she was really respectful, but she stood her ground. My dad admires that, and he knows that he has raised a woman who, frankly, has a very strong voice. My stories need to be shared. I'm really vulnerable and very transparent about it because it needs to be said, there are so many people that hide in the shadows thinking they are the only person that is experiencing this huge overwhelming thing. And by not sharing our story and how we overcame it, we do the entire world a disservice because as we all know, this world needs our stories and how we overcame them now more than ever. Right. I had a million reasons to give up. I had a million reasons to throw in the towel. I had a million reasons to say I wasn't worthy. I wasn't lovable because I had a million reasons to support it, but I chose not to.
0: Right, exactly. And what what is the biggest myth in y- your field or our field, you know, as people who help other people, uh, whether it be medical, uh, psychological, uh, transformational coaching, you know, w- what is the biggest myth that you keep running into?
1: Gosh, there are so many. Um, I really think that most people have a hard time really embracing entrepreneurship and following their dreams because they've been taught that it's unrealistic. And what I love to ask my clients is, when, when is the first time that you heard that you couldn't have what you wanted? Who told you that? And the thing that I tell my daughter, too, this is really important for your younger audience. Be very careful who you listen to. Right. Be very careful who you take advice to. Take advice from. If you don't respect that person, if you don't want their life, if you don't want a family like they have, then you should not listen to them. because I only listen to people who are doing better than me or have something that is something I want to be or something I want to obtain. And you know why? Because they have been where I'm at. And so, of course, their feedback is essential to my own growth. But if you are levels below me or you have a family that's falling apart or you don't have a thriving business, then we're not on the same path. And I'm not going to take your feedback.
0: Good point. Good point. So what is one like you know, entrepreneurial hack that you know that really like you go back to? Something that's really powerful for a young entrepreneur or even a seasoned person that wants to be an entrepreneur, what is a what one of your entrepreneurial hacks? We're tapping in right now.
1: Social media is gold. Yeah. I really believe in the power of social media. The thing that I wanna encourage your audience to do, use it consistently. It is the most challenging thing in the world. Let's be honest, posting every single day isn't always fun. It's not always my favorite thing to do because I have to continually come up with content. But the more you do it, if you stay consistent, the larger your audience becomes. And the more you do it, the more you find your voice, the more you find your platform, and the more you become confident. People cannot get to know who you are unless you put yourself out there. Again, it goes back to the fear. Lean into the fear and let go of being comfortable. You must do it every single day and your commitment to what you say you want must be bigger than your fear. You must continually step towards it and you must be very consistent. I would say that's the biggest tag so far. I mean, there are so many that I could talk about, but your consistency online, we all think that we are less than, you know, you were talking about the comparison and people being ahead of us. You are just a few steps behind someone else. And how do you know who's watching your stuff and who isn't? How do you know? You don't. That's why you have to keep on doing it. And the more you do it, the more you find the people who love you and the people that don't, which is totally okay. And the more you find out what you're here for.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, those detractors often help us. Uh, they, they think they're hurting us in some way. But, you know, uh, I'm going to do one of these days. Uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I have a segment that I'm going to do pretty soon. Uh, you know, so you must be a troll. So uh, it, it's going to be pretty entertaining. Uh, we're working on something and it's going to be pretty cool. But to all you trolls out there who are listening right now, thank you for your help. Because,
1: well, and I'm so glad that you have so much time to troll me.
0: Yeah. Well, trolls have time because they're trolls. Oh, not, don't yeah, don't they? Yeah. If they, they had get a, so much time. if they were true entrepreneurs and they actually had a brain cell, they would actually be productive. But yeah. since they're not, they're going to help me build my business. So it's great. You know, it's a free assistant as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, you're a passionate girl. What, what is your, what are your major passions in life? I'm sure entrepreneurship, your daughter, you know, what are, what are some of your, your, you know, what gets you up in the morning?
1: Um, I absolutely love to figure things out. It's why I call myself a lifestyle engineer. Because I help my women engineer the lives that they want, Right. I love to read, I love to learn. I'm a voracious reader and everything you could ever imagine. I don't read nonfiction, I'm sorry, I don't read fiction. I am so, so curious about personal development and self-help. I love Tim Grover. I love people who are very, very bold in their writings. I'm very passionate about spirituality. I'm very passionate about being the best version of myself that I can be. I love my family. I love, the, um, I love the dreams that I have and the things that I'm bringing to fruition. And I love helping my clients and sharing my story and making an impact. All of those things are, I think, really crucial inside a community of people that's so desperately needed after the things that we've been through the last several years. Yeah. Now, more than ever, our stories, our messages, the way that we've transformed our lives needs to be heard.
0: Beautiful you know you seem like a big time realist like you're a you're 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 the like you're the real girl let me ask a question to throw a monkey wrench in this whole conversation so you said something interesting do you ever watch any sci-fi movies or like you you see ghosts angels like do you believe any of that like like okay so so you're a realist but you 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 have that that other side of you that you know that you know something i can't logically explain side of you also yeah
1: Yeah. well and I'll, i'll go back to my mom when um you know i was younger well after i had my first son so my son is 25 my oldest son is 25 and i remember when he was born i had walked into his bedroom and it was very cold and every hair on my body stood up and i knew she was there like i could just feel it the same thing happened with my daughter. Mind you, these are this is years before I made my transformation. I was never available for her. I really was in total victimhood. It's her fault that I'm this way, you mm-hmm. know? It's her fault that I'm so mean. Sir, whatever. All that crap. Anyways, when I started making this transformation and I started forgiving her, she is everywhere. Mm-hmm. I always say, my mom is around me all the time. She makes herself known in signs, songs, the breeze, there'll be a bird. I'm always intrinsically aware of her. Yes, I believe in angels. I believe my mom is definitely one. I believe she's always with me. You know what my favorite sci-fi movie is Dr. Strange. You
0: oh wow. know why? Tell me
1: because it's really weird and it's all about like the quantum and right. the things that you can create
0: that are super freaky deaky i love that shit see i'm gonna take that away from you you know why i knew you would like something like that because it's logical like it's logical and illogical because he's this smart guy right and it's sci-fi but yet it's intelligent right. yeah and it's creative and it's intelligent so i figured you'd go for that But uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, What is one unique skill that you have? You know, what is is a superpower? What is the MF superpower?
1: Uh, Gosh, I don't know what my superpower is. Um, I'll tell you a couple. I love to speak. I love to paint. I love to draw. Uh, I love to write. I'm super creative. But I'm also very detail-oriented. I can clean and organize like nobody's business. And I always thought that like, okay, well, maybe that's what I should be doing for a living because I just am so naturally good at it. And yeah, I'm totally bragging by the way, because I am, <laughs> but I realized that that's just something that's going to add to my coaching business and more importantly, my speaking business. And there are so many other things that I have planned in the next five years. That all of this is just coming together the way that it should. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, those are my unique opposites. I always say I love Crystals because I do, but I also love gangster rap.
0: Wow. That's diverse. Yes. Who, who's your right. favorite rapper?
1: <laughs> my favorite rapper. So I'm going to take it back old school. Bring it. Um, but I love Snoop Dogg, okay. B-I-G, N-W-A. Um, N.W.A. Yeah. I used to cruise around to that
0: stuff. Listen, West Coast, except for Biggie. Yeah. You know what? I
1: didn't have anything against Tupac. I just was never a fan of his music.
0: Well, it's interesting how he's an East Coast rapper who came to the West Coast, Mm -hmm. became part of the West Coast gangster rap against Mm -hmm. the East Coast. Mm -hmm. I I find that interesting. Uh, You know, I don't want to get into that beef. There's more to the story, I imagine. Uh, But. I find that interesting. And you know, you seem very eclectic. You know, when I look at you I'm like, Oh, that's a gangster rap fan right there. I mean, that is a that is a duke loving gangster rap bad MF right there. That's that's what I see right there.
1: I you know what, I, I rap in my car all the time, much to my kids' dismay, of wow. course. But um yeah, I mean it's I think that life is whatever you make of it. And I feel like, especially at this age, I'm probably, I'm sure you do too. I'm just going to be whatever the hell I want to be. How about that? You know, I love crystals. I have incense and sage. I have a Buddha back there on my um, counter, but I also love gangster rap. I also love dancing. I love hip hop dancing. Super fun. I love rapping in my car. Why can't we have it
0: all? You could have it all. See, that's the thing. You know, I I often say this, this is one of my taglines. I've done a lot of posts about this. Is you could be an entrepreneur and be a good person. You could be an entrepreneur and be eclectic. You could be an entrepreneur and love your family. You you don't have to be in a box. You know, entrepreneurs are often put in this box. Now, one side of you is the typical, stereotypical what they call entrepreneur female. She's the boss. Look at her. She's hard, right? Including her gangster rap love. You know, she's hard. You know. But then you come out and you have this sensitive side, broken chain. I'm gonna be different than the way I grew up. I'm gonna I'm gonna love on my daughter. I'm gonna I'm going pour into her. I'm gonna I'm gonna do these things and have a completely loving, different relationship than I than I had As a child growing up and i'm gonna do my crystals and my incense and i'm gonna you know have that statue in the back and you know the peace love and all that kind of stuff so you know you you are what i tell people all the time is don't put entrepreneurs in a box and just because you have a different personality or you might be an introvert you're not done you can be an entrepreneur you can be a loving caring sensitive introvert and be successful in your business life so
1: most successful entrepreneurs are
0: introverts yeah i mean but it's true most people don't see it that way most people think you're born with this you know we we are born with god given talents i mean th- there's no sure. lie i mean but we develop them and mm-hmm. you know you have certain things inside of you but it comes out and we are all different mm-hmm. entrepreneurs come in 31 flavors you know yeah exactly and most people think you know when i talk to people all the time that's why i ask you some of these questions is because i love hearing some of these answers because i keep getting the same questions over and over again and they put us in a box And how can it be? How can you be a good person to be an entrepreneur? Money is terrible. It's root of all evil, the same thing over and over again. I'm like, that's BS. Money buys churches and synagogues and feeds the homeless and builds schools and builds great institutions for higher learning. It helps people, you know, open up their lives and helps transform people. So money is not evil. Evil is evil. And it's what you make of it what is one of favorite things about what you do
1: oh gosh helping others my highest value is empathy I am extremely driven super independent uh, very fierce obviously but yet my highest value is empathy it makes sense that I do this it's the perfect combination of these two really interesting opposites I love helping women pull back the curtain on who they can be. Because if you think about it, we're all living these lives. And most of us are living in some kind of matrix that we've built that's been um, created for us and it started in our childhood. And we often are very unaware of the stories and the things that we adopted so early before we had a choice to cognitively know the difference, right? right? So I always like to tell my clients, there's a puppet that's behind that curtain that's pulling all the strings on your life. And the more and more you're curious about that puppet and those strings that are being pulled, the quicker you're going to find that it's all crap and that you really can change it. But first you have to be willing to confront it, Mm -hmm. right? My entire platform is built on accepting the past, radical forgiveness. And taking full responsibility for your life. I feel like if you can do those things and you're willing to do those things, anything is possible.
0: Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. And, you know, there's so many coaching programs out, out there for men uh, to help them, especially relationship coaching. I've noticed, you know, I get hit up all the time. I mean, they pop in like, <laughs> you know, you want to improve your sex life? What? How, you don't owe me you know what are you trying to improve here you know how do you know who i am well you know just by my name what uh so there's a lot of things geared to men to improve mm-hmm. relationships intimacy all that kind of stuff you know when so do you deal with women like to help them on their relationship side also or is it you know mo- mostly faith you know facing like entrepreneurial business things so it's
1: a little Everything honestly, what I really do is I cater to the woman that I was. I help women who used to be me. I was able to create incredible income inside a W 2 job. You know, I climbed the corporate ladder, I just it just happened to be against the wrong building. I think so many of us do that, and guess why I did it? Because I was trying to make my dad proud, right? I did the safe reasonable thing, I was the good girl. And I still am a good girl, but I'm also like, no shits given girl. With that said, what I do is I help women create balance in their life. Now, before we go down the balance, you know, pothole, (laughs) balance for them. Because balance is subjective, and what my balance is would not be yours and would not be someone else's. We all have to figure out what's gonna make us happy, what's gonna make us feel fulfilled. I mean, ultimately, it all comes back to mindset, but when you are an extremely driven woman and you have kids and you're divorced, you are trying to figure out how to be all things to all people. How do you do that without losing your mind? And forget it, you're trying to date too and you're trying to heal your marriage or heal your past relationship. There's a lot coming at you. How do you create the life that is going to bring you happiness and joy? How do you do that?
0: Well, let's find out. Beautiful. That's amazing. So, if, you know, hopefully there's a lot of amazing women out there listening to this and will be affected by this. How do they find you? Can you tell us exactly how, like, anybody from the audience could find you? And, you know, I plug you right now. Any woman listening right now, you know, uh, this is a bad MF. And if you want to be a bad MF, you need to call Michelle and, uh, you know, get some things going. There's no shame in coaching. There's no shame in getting help. It's an absolute necessity. You do not have to be alone. And so please, Michelle, tell us, you know, how anybody can get a hold of you.
1: I'm on Instagram, bold underscore MF. You can reach me on my website, oneboldmf.com. And I'm on Facebook, Michelle Fuller. My picture is a side view with a pink background. Happens to be my favorite color. Can't miss me. I don't know how many Michelle Fullers are on Facebook, but I am clearly one of the coolest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Obviously, you know. Seriously? That's awesome. That's awesome. You've been incredible. Uh, Thank you for your time. Do you want to leave us with any closing words or thoughts? Anything that is... Uh, I like to say, you know, inspirational for all those listening.
1: Definitely. Your best life is on the other side of the things that you avoid. When you figure out what you're avoiding, you will find the best version of you.
0: That was incredible. That was incredible. Uh, You're awesome. I'm going to see you MDM. Okay. Thank you for your time. And if you need anything from me, please let me know. Thank you. Talk to you soon.